Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Heather Yurness. Heather was a brain surgery survivor at just 19. She suffered severe anxiety and depression following her traumatic surgery and has found holistic healing as her cure. Heather, welcome. I found you in the Tony Robbins group and I have gone to Tony Robbins and totally had a breakthrough and I saw your post that said, what do we say to the God of death? And I was like, I want to talk to her. <laughs> For me, that was a pretty powerful statement, and it is a little bit of like a like a Game of Thrones reference, but for me, it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, I feel like several times I've just been plunged into the darkness and have had to figure out how to pull myself out of that. After having emergency brain surgery, where I literally, I was 19 years old, I was walking in a grocery store with my friends. One second, I just felt like this weird feeling, like something was about to happen. I went wham and I hit the ground, started bleeding out of my ears and had like a seizure and stopped breathing. I had to be rushed to the hospital and have emergency brain surgery. So I had a bleed in my brain that was expanding. They basically told my parents either we operate or she's going to die. Those are the two options that we have. So they had to shave like half of my head and go in and get under my skull. It was like super kind of gross and evacuate the, the bleed. And so when I woke up, I was just connected to a bunch of wires in an ICU with no idea how I got there. As a 19-year-old, I was like, what happened? Nobody could tell me why that happened. An unexplained life event. The recovery from that was just, was just really, really brutal. Walking out of the hospital, I had that really kind of gnarly, like shaved head look with like the staples in my head. It's like the battle scar that you walk out with that says, hey, I survived this and I'm still here. The after part was even more intense for me just because my body was in such a state of trauma and heightened awareness. I was having daily panic attacks after that. It really just plunged me into a like scary place of constant anxiety, which led to depressions. And I was just like, maybe it would have been better if I died. I really had that thought. Had you ever had a panic attack prior? Mm -mm, never. That experience was like brand new to me. I would go and see like a therapist and see people and they'd be like, well, just breathe and just calm down. And I was like, I can't calm down. <laughs> I got placed on every medication under the sun after that to try to battle the anxiety and the depression that started to feel like a zombie. It really was a dark time for me where I was like, okay, my choices are either panic attacks every day or like being numb on this medication. I really had to make a tough choice at one point to try to find a way to get off the medication and heal myself so that I could feel like me again. 
maybe that works for some people, but like for me, I feel dead inside. I just want to return to the me that I was before this accident. How do I get there? How do I get to that girl that felt so alive? It was like the journey back home to that girl. Being just 19, how did the scars and shaving your head and waking up to a broken body affect your self-esteem? I felt like trying to go back to college after that experience, I was like, I just feel so out of place. I don't really know who I can talk to about this. My teachers were nice about me coming back, but they were kind of just like, well, just take your finals and get on with it. 19 year old stubborn me was like, okay, I'm just gonna jump back in and everything will go back to normal and I'll be normal. And then it was not great. I was kind of trapped inside because I was afraid if I left my house, like what if this happened again? Or what if I had a panic attack? Or what if something happened? And it completely changed life for me from that. Do you have to be careful about your health and about your lifestyle? Afterwards, I went and did a lot of follow-up tests and things like that. And they were like, you're fine. We don't have any reason to believe that this will ever happen to you again. And I was like, just the fear of like, uncertainty and not knowing that I think also kind of fueled the panic for me because I was like, what if I just dropped it out of nowhere again? It was kind of a really big lesson for me. And so now I am definitely more conscious with my health. I've gotten really good with my diet, exercise, like meditation, getting outside. That in and of itself helps me get off the medication and feeling like me again. What turns you on to Tony Robbins? Oh my gosh. I just love his fire. I think his power, I was like, oh my gosh, that just like speaks to the inside of me. That zest for life and passion and don't live in fear. Go get it. Another part of my healing journey is I'm going out there and like living my dreams. I see how fragile it is and I want to just live it. Did you have any breakthroughs there? I think I noticed how much I was holding myself back. I think the breakthrough for me was valuing myself and being like, you know what? I can start now. What am I waiting for? I can help people with the gifts I have right now. For me, the the light bulb switch that I got from Tony was just like, stop waiting. I love that. Can you tell me more about your dreams? My big passion project that's closest to my heart is called the Powerful Girl Project. It's an empowerment organization for teen girls that I started with my very best friend. We teach teens about self-esteem, confidence, body image, how to bounce back from failure, how to be resilient, all the things that we kind of wish we had as teen girls. So we teach workshops and we work with nonprofits and after school programs. So that is my passion. I feel like you're such a bubbly, pretty blonde. It's hard for me to believe that you had empowerment issues. (laughs) Um, Well, can I tell you, I was a chubby little girl and the nickname that I got was Heather the Heifer. So that was like my fourth grade nickname. I grew up always seeing myself as that, like no matter what my body looked like, it was like bullying and teasing when you're young can like stick with you into adulthood and you don't forget. That was really painful thing for me. Did you have any eating disorders? 
Not really, not eating disorders, but I definitely had a point in my life where I was just like living on carrot sticks and just trying to run on the treadmill and be like, I will lose weight and I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing my body. And it just didn't feel good. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hate myself into a version that I love. I need to start with the love and start with the acceptance in order to see any type of real lasting change. If you try to like hate yourself and punish yourself into a version of you that you're going to love one day, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. The thing I think that's been the most powerful for me is radical self-acceptance. I think that is so important. Like I'm a mom of four. I just had a baby a year ago at 39, emergency C-section. He was three pounds and my body is not bouncing back the way it did with the first three because I was much younger. I need to be kinder to myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. I got chills when you were talking about your baby and just that experience. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what about like warrior woman, like warrior mama, like, you know, I was like, that's just, that is so powerful. Like your body is just like this amazing vessel that created the, these humans. Like it's wow. It's amazing. What was really crazy too is that the first three, like zero complications, full term, all seven pound babies. And then, you know, I took a break for seven years and my career was taking off and I was working a lot and I had a full-time nanny and I produced this big event in LA. And then two weeks later, I missed a regular doctor's appointment and I was like, when I was at my kid's play and I was like, I think I missed a doctor's appointment. And the moment I realized that I just decided the next day to go in, I went in for that checkup and they were like, go immediately to the hospital. <gasps> the baby's heart was fluctuating. The placenta was starting to detach. The baby was not gaining weight. He went from being in like the 38th percentile to the eighth percentile. And had I not gone in that day, they monitored me overnight and I had an emergency C-section the next morning. So it's just, he's truly a miracle. That is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like I can so just kind of relate to you in the sense of like, like our bodies have been through really, really like, we're, they're just so resilient. Like they're just so resilient and so amazing that like, you could produce these beautiful humans and the, this baby that's survived and just recover and be the mama. Like, that's just so powerful. Like our bodies are just amazing. And I was also thinking too, because I did kind of go through some eating disorders in college. And it's amazing that even after going through that kind of trauma, you can fix your body, you can eat healthy, you can stop smoking cigarettes, you can get on the treadmill, you can you can change your life and your body can heal itself from that. Yes. I like to call it self-reverence. Really offering yourself and your body that deep respect and that deep love that a lot of times we don't give it. Our body is just such a wonderful temple that does so much for us. Sometimes what's missing from the world is we need to slow down and really appreciate our bodies for like the miracles that they are and how they get us through our day and that they allow us to be alive and be here. Can you tell us what it's like for your body to heal after brain surgery? So I think I was very fortunate just in the sense that I was in the hospital for about 
think it was like two or three weeks after the surgery. And then they sent me home and I was home kind of on like a take it easy type of plan. It was pretty quick in terms of the physical healing. I think I didn't realize the full effect of the trauma and like what that caused within my body. Because to be honest with you, I was stubborn and I was a bit resistant to therapy. I was resistant to seeing someone afterwards. I was like, nope, I'm fine. As long as my brain is healed and my head is good, like I'm fine. So I might have healed physically, but I didn't go through the healing that maybe my nervous system needed in order to calm myself out. It was a struggle. That went on for years. And it was something that I lived with for a long time. Even after I graduated college, great, got a job. I was still struggling with panic attacks. I would go and cry in the bathroom at work. I was like trapped in this state of anxiety and fear. The thing that really kind of upset me is, you know, then I would go and see a psychiatrist and they were like, well, you might just have to be on pills for the rest of your life. Pills don't make me feel good. I don't feel joy. Have you tried the holistic route? So that's a great, that is a great point. So, um, and that's actually the route that I went. I'm done with these being my two options. Initially, I set out to try to figure it out on my own, which was really kind of interesting. What I did was I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking coffee. I went and I purchased a couple nutritional programs from like experts online. And I just said, okay, I'm going to like focus on cleaning up my diet and just seeing maybe what I shouldn't eat, what I need to cut out, sugars and things like that. And, and just really focus on, you know, a healthier diet and see how I feel. Let's just see what happens. And then I started doing meditation and yoga. What I noticed is after a couple of months, I was like, I'm actually feeling a lot better. And the panic attacks, they started to gradually go away. And I was like, this is interesting. And I'm feeling happier. And I'm feeling like I can go to parties and I can see people. And life just started to piece itself back together little by little. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can figure out how to heal myself and what I need. That makes me want to do yoga. The whole world needs yoga. I love it. Yes. That should be a prescription for everybody. <laughs> Every time I take a yoga class or an exercise class, do something to still my mind. It's like a recharging of my creativity. No, I, I totally agree with you because I found for me as well, like that's where the world kind of started to open up for me too, from a creative perspective. After I figured out how to calm my nervous system and get those panic attacks and anxiety to go away, like there was so much more space because I wasn't in fight or flight all the time. Going through and doing meditation, yoga, mindfulness, I felt like all of a sudden there was this sort of space that opened up for me that I was like, wow, that's really where my creative energy started to come out. And that was what birthed, you know, the Powerful Girl Project. Tell me about your approach to confidence with teens. So it was so fun. The very first workshop that I did with the teen girls, I remember like I was nervous because well, what if they don't think I'm cool? What if they think I'm weird? What if they don't like me? It was like, I felt like I was going back to school all over again. We created positive affirmation cards. Each girl got to pick her own. They got to decorate them like however they wanted, stickers, glitter, like get creative. And then all the girls would stand up and read them and they would read it out loud in front of the group. And then the group would like cheer them on. For me, that was so fulfilling just to see them lit up and just feeling good about themselves. 
I totally feel like you brought Tony Robbins to the classroom because when I went to Tony Robbins, we wrote sayings on a wooden board. I wrote, I am calm. I am collected. I will not let others rock me. And then we put our hand through the board and it was so exhilarating. And after we broke the board, we banged our two pieces of wood together for the next person to cheer them on. I want to be calm and collected and not let other people rock me. Yes. Amen, sister. I love it. I have a preteen now and I have a seven and a nine-year-old and I went through a list the other day with them of adjectives and I was like, do you think you're handsome? Do you think you're cool? Do you think you're smart? Do you think you're this? And it was actually so sad to me that already at seven years old, they say no to some of those things. And I'm like, how come? Is it something I'm doing? Who's telling you you're not? I totally hear you though. (laughs) I feel like it starts younger and younger. Like some of that self-doubt and just not feeling good about yourself in comparison. And it's so true. They say that with girls, self-esteem and confidence starts to drop between like the nine to 12 year old range, 70 or 80% of girls at that time already feel like they need to be on a diet or are thinking about a diet or know about what dieting is. And I'm just like, it's heartbreaking. I was that girl too. What would you say to yourself back then? If I could talk to little me, I would tell her, you are so enough. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. You are unique and you were brought to this earth for a reason to trust in your gifts you know, share your gifts with the world. When I was little, I already kind of knew in fourth and fifth grade, like the things that I was passionate about and I really loved. That was writing and empowering women. Fifth grade me did a speech on like women's right to vote and the suffrage movement. And I was like, yes. And I was like fired up about it. In fifth grade, the other thing that I would say to parents and parents of teens and preteens is just listen to those children and what really calls to them as a passion. If it's to be an artist or a musician or, you know, a scientist or whatever that is, encourage them to listen to their little hearts and to follow that. What if it's they want to be a Roblox star? (laughs) Do you? I feel like with YouTube today, it's just so enticing for kids. I'm like, how about I'll buy you a ukulele? (laughs) (laughs) What was your relationship like with your parents and how was the brain surgery experience for them? My parents and I, we've always been really close. The day that it happened, we were supposed to take family pictures. I was stopping at the grocery store to then go to see my family for pictures. And so when I didn't show up, my parents were like, you know, what the heck? Where is she? They got a call from the hospital. You need to come right away. It's your daughter. It's not good. My mom is like, that was the worst phone call I've ever gotten in my entire life. My family came there and everyone was in tears. My mom, dad, brother, sister, everybody. My dad, who's a very, he's a very religious uh, man, but he had just said like, please God, like, let me just have even another five minutes with my daughter because I just want to tell her that I love her. I'm just so glad that that I survived so I could see my dad and my mom again. Wow. I, wow. I feel that way about my dad too. I mean, he's my best friend. I'm so glad you got that moment also. (laughs) And how many years more? Yeah. I'm so 
so grateful and so lucky. And it's just a reminder every day for me that every day above ground is a good day. And we tell that God of death, not today. (laughs) Through your healing process, has your relationship with your parents changed? It definitely has. That experience, I think, brought us closer. As I've gone through and, and gone on my healing journey, I felt just so one, grateful for my parents, and then two, have wanted to help them as well. I want to share this story. I want to connect with other people who've been through it. Connect to those survivors, those resilient people, and just say, hey, we we did it. I actually have a client right now that bumped an appointment this past week because her niece has a tumor. She just had brain surgery. She's newly married and has a new baby. She could really use hearing your story as an inspiration right now. I would love that. I'd love to find more ways to help people that are going through it and let them know, hey, there is there is light on the other side. You can recover, you can heal, you can have your body back and your life back. Thank you so much for opening up to me and sharing your story. I just, I'm so excited now to connect you with my friend. Thank you too for taking the time to have me here and let me talk and ask me questions. This was awesome. I so appreciate it. Let people know how they can connect with you. So I have an Instagram account. It's at heather.ernest. The last name is U-R-N-E-S-S. I'm also on Facebook. Same name. Just look me up. Yeah, I'd love to connect. So, Daddy, what did you think? A very interesting conversation you've had with Heather. Again, this is another example of how somebody can have a trauma happen to them and how you react to it is really uh, becomes sometimes your path. Heather even mentioned before this all happened that she used to be bullied, wasn't sure about her weight, people would tease her about it. She's 19 years old. Uh, She was close to her family that uh, encouraged her. And then out of the blue, getting ready for some family pictures, she has a brain bleed that could have killed her. She was able to survive this. Surviving it physically doesn't necessarily mean that you are successfully mentally surviving it. Sometimes when people are traumatized, It has a lingering effect. It takes time to overcome your own psychic. Isn't it ironic here how she has decided that in order for her to really heal physically and mentally, she has to address some type of plan herself. A lot of doctors that are supposed to be so-called experts, uh, they want to put you on all kinds of medications and numb you or to give you uh, some type of uh, uh, consultations where they're gonna tell you this and tell you that and tell you how you feel about this and tell you how you feel about that. And you've, it's like you're a walking zombie. You've got to be able to be honest with yourself of if you wanna move forward with your life, you have to be the captain of your own ship. We all have our own unique map, which helps us understand ourselves and others. Increased self-awareness is key to maximizing your career and life. There's also a UMAP for teens if you're 15 or older. The UMAP assessment reveals your strengths, values, skills, and interests. 
To get your personalized UMAP, go to myumap.com. That's M-Y-Y-O-U-M-A-P.com. And use the code BCD for $30 off. Like, better call daddy. Let's hear from this week's coach, Lori Knudsen. Hi, I'm Lori Knudsen. I'm a UMAP coach and workshop facilitator. When I first did my own UMAP, I was so excited because for the first time, I felt like I made sense. And then I thought back to when I was in high school and wished that I had had this information available to me to help me, you know, really understand myself better, articulate what I do well, and pick a best fit career path. Imagine giving your teen the gift of self-awareness, clarity, and confidence to be able to articulate their strengths and understand them. That's really powerful in itself. But then to be able to align best fit career paths for them. Armed with this newfound self-awareness, teens are able to really speak to what makes them unique and what they bring to a school or work environment if they were um, interviewing or writing a college essay. And it also helps them even answer those dreaded questions that they may get on an application like, why you or why us? And they can answer them with ease. I love witnessing the transformation that occurs when students move from undecided to excited. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah.